Hey, it's Leah. Before we start this episode, I just wanted to tell you about this other show called Stuff the British Stole. It's from CBC Podcast and Australia Radio National, and it's got all the story elements I love. It's got colonial theft. It's got museums denying that theft. It's got intrigue. It's got jokes by Australians. Join host Mark Fresnel as he picks one artifact and takes you on the wild, evocative, sometimes funny, and often tragic adventure of how it got to where it is today. Check it out on the same thing that you're listening to this on or on CBC Listen. This is a CBC Podcast. This is a Secret Life of Canada crash course. Just a little bit of history. Today's subject was sent in by a very special listener. Hi, my name is Leo Dick from Manitoba. I am 11 years old and I love your podcast. The first episode I listened to was A Secret Life of the North, and I liked it because it's something that I did not know. Can you guys please make an episode on Al Capone and the Moose Jaw Tunnels if you haven't already and I somehow didn't listen to it? Keep on making amazing episodes. Leo, Manitoba. from Manitoba. Best email we have ever received. I know, right? And yes. I actually had the pleasure of talking with Leo. Ah, uh, good. So did you ask him why Al Capone? I mean, why why the Moose Jaw Tunnels specifically? Yes, yes. And his answer, it made a lot of sense. I had sort of a gangster phase, I guess. I was really into gangsters. And then I wanted to email you so I had gangsters in Canada, and I put them together, and then Al Capone and the Mushadot Tunnels came up. So then that's what I wanted to, you guys to make an episode of, because it had Canada and it had gangsters. And then last year, I learned about Al Capone, that, how he came through the tunnels from Chicago and bootlegged illegal alcohol through them into Canada understandable who hasn't had a gangster face (laughs) fedoras pinstripe suits being on the lamb 2008 was a very strange year for me but yeah i get it (laughs) i know uh rum running all over the country yeah Uh, even though alcohol was legal you were wild i was a wild one but uh you know (laughs) i never used the moose straw tunnels myself and i know it's a huge tourist attraction right It is. Uh, And there are tours that you can go on. And so I think sometimes there's a bit of historical entertainment, I want to say, happening in those tunnels. Some fact, some fiction, and, you know, it can get a bit hazy at times. Okay, yes. So why don't we start at the beginning? Okay, so Moose Jaw became a town in 1881, and 100 years later, in 1985, a manhole cover collapsed and a brick cavern was found. When inspectors looked at it, they knew it wasn't part of the sewers or anything recent, and a lot of people got really excited because there were accounts from the past about these underground tunnels that linked up a couple of buildings in the downtown. Most believe that there were a series of tunnels built in the early 1900s and that they were used to move coal and heating oil from one part of the town to another because Saskatchewan is cold. I don't know if you know that. Oh, no. I am aware. Yes. (laughs) And I know that there's like a lot of disagreement about what else they could have been used for. Mm -hmm. Uh, Legend says that the tunnels were used for things like helping American draft dodgers escape during the war and being a safe haven for Chinese laborers, and that 
maybe even Chinese people actually built the tunnels themselves. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I I read up on this. And while I read some stories saying that, you know, so-and-so in the 40s told us this story about Chinese folks coming up from the tunnels, I also read that there are many in the Chinese community that have been in Moose Jaw for generations that are like, uh, we don't think that happened. And we are not huge fans of this story. And none of our older people or elders ever passed mm-hmm. on any of these stories to us. So, yeah, yeah. Like it's so it definitely falls in that sort of lore category of history. Yeah, I think so. But OK, so what about the other part, the gangster part? Let's get into that. Uh, yeah. OK, <laughs> well, this is the part about the tunnels that Leo told me specifically piqued his interest. So it was a hiding place for Al Capone. I was watching some videos on it, and it said um, it was a hiding place for him when things got too hot. Okay, when things got too hot, they went down there. Okay, so, yeah. so what did you find out about that? Okay, so Moose Jaw was a frontier town, and like most frontier towns, it had smuggling operations and illegal activities. Um, since they were considered to be on the edge of civilization. Um, and th- this was the 1920s uh, and the 30s. You know, the town was known for its its nightlife, its bootlegging activities, and other sort of nefarious things. Right. And bootlegging is the smuggling of illegal goods, mm-hmm. which was really big during Prohibition, this time when alcohol was illegal. Right. And they were really strict about this in the U.S. at this time. But it was a bit more lax in Canada whether it was legal or not, I suspect gangsters still wanted to keep most of their activities off the radar of law enforcement. So a tunnel could be a great way to do this. People also continued to drink in underground and illegal establishments. Yes, these were sometimes called speakeasies. Uh, Some think that this word was slang, meaning to speak quietly or on the low so the police wouldn't find the joint. They also use words like joint and phrases like (laughs) see here and bees knees and why I oughta, like all of that stuff. Watched a lot of gangster movies. Yeah, Yeah, I can tell. Hard-hitting research here. Moostra was the perfect destination for Americans who wanted to purchase alcohol because their ban lasted way longer than ours did. In fact, a lot of alcohol consumed in the U.S. during Prohibition came from Canada. And, really wild fact, the biggest alcohol sellers were two brothers named Broffman. When it got harder to sell booze, they got certified as druggist because you could technically prescribe alcohol as medicine back then, hmm. which I think some people still probably try to do. <laughs> anyway, so they started up this mail order booze business. Um, they made so much money that in 1928, they ended up buying Seagram's and that company is still around today. And one of the heiresses of that family fortune, Claire Broffman, just got put in jail for being involved in the Nexium cult and giving away most of her money to that cult. Well, mm-hmm. I never know where this show is going to take <laughs> us. I was not expecting Moose Jaw Tunnels to connect to present day cults, but hey, here we are. A- apparently it does. Okay, wild. So what about famed gangster Al Capone? Let's right. get into okay. that. 
So although there is no concrete connection between Al Capone and the Moose Jaw Tunnels, it's rumored Capone would flee to Saskatchewan to escape the police in Chicago. Right, where he'd lie low, underground, <laughs> perhaps in a tunnel? <laughs> See here. Uh, perhaps. <laughs> Anyway, so most accounts of Capone and American gangsters being in the city come from eyewitnesses. Um, A gentleman by the name of Moon Mullins, who was born in 1910 and died in 2003, gave several oral accounts of those days because he said he was one of the tunnel crawlers for some of the gangsters. Leah, can you read a bit of Moon Mullins' words from this article by Philip Jensen from Canada's History magazine? Why, yes, I can, Phelan. I won't read it like that. Okay, here we go, because he was from Winnipeg, so he wouldn't have that accent. Oh, okay. Dad, he liked to play poker, and he gambled. He was involved in this. Anyway, these men were bringing booze in from down east on the railroad. They had this tunnel across from the CPR station, and they said to Dad that it'd be good connections for communicating if only we just had somebody that could travel through them. Dad says... Oh, my boy can do that easy. Because the tunnels were so small, Moon said that he and five other boys used to work for the gangsters running messages and supplies back and forth. He also said that they would drive an old Model T to transport liquor into North Dakota and that he used to run some of the loads because the police would never bother a boy. Yeah, smart. You can't argue with that. Wow, wow. Love it. And although he didn't remember Al Capone, he remembered other guys like Diamond Jim, who he describes as wearing a gray suit, and he had the coat open partly in the front, and I could see the butt of a gun under his arm, and he got eyes on him, just like a reptile. He'd just almost paralyze you when he looked at you. He never blinked. Oh, wow. That's serious yeah. stuff for like a little kid, you know. It, yeah, they were I mean, they were a, made different in those days. <laughs> made a lot different. Uh, yeah, I like poetic. I mean, that's a beautiful. But it's very visual. Yeah, I picture this guy. Yeah. So it's very possible that Capone and his gang and all these other gangsters visited Boost Jaw and used the tunnels to smuggle alcohol into the U.S. But we'll never really know for sure. You know, we weren't there, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you might have been there. but <laughs> In another life, we can talk yeah. about past lives in another episode, sure. I, I, yeah, for also sure. Also questionable <laughs> history, past lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, there are a lot of people who say that the tunnels were not that interesting, that they were nothing more than cellars and heating transport areas. But there are others who will say that there was rum running and hijinks because they've also found trap doors in some of the old buildings. Yeah, and I mean, why else would you need a trap door other than to escape the pigs while making moonshine? That's my last one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm sad about that. Um, But, you know, now over 100 years later, we'll never know what is real and if Capone was ever there. You know, maybe he was too good a crook. Yeah, only tax evasion could stop that man. Death and taxes every time. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I learned a lot thanks to Leo. Uh, but before we ended our chat, there was one thing I wanted to know. And so are you still going through a gangster phase or are you in a different phase now? Um, I think I'm staying in it, but I'm slowly getting out of it. <laughs> Be careful, Leo. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. <laughs> 
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.